0: Welcome to the See the Miracle podcast. I'm your host, Brady Murray.
1: And I'm your co-host, Andrea Murray.
0: Our podcast will feature inspiring guests within the Special Abilities community.
1: Together, we will be sharing how families and communities are rising up and seeing the miracle of individuals with Special Abilities. That's something to be proud of. That's a life you can hang your head
0: on. Welcome, welcome.
1: We're excited to be back today.
0: We are very excited to be back. Lots of fun things to talk about that I think our listeners are going to enjoy. But before we get started, how are you doing?
1: I'm great. How are you?
0: Good. You ready for the kids to go back to school?
1: Almost getting there.
0: Well, are you ready? Not quite. Nice. It's been a great summer.
1: It has been a good summer. It's been fun.
0: Yep. One thing that I wanted to brag on on our kids is they've been they've been doing this run club. And Ridge is almost at a hundred miles ran this summer. This is pretty awesome for a 12 year old.
1: He is. He has six days left that he can run and he knows he has to do two and a half miles each day to reach his goal of a hundred.
0: Yep. And Mace is at 80?
1: Yeah, I think he, yeah, I can't remember exactly what he is, but he's there.
0: Awesome. How about Nash and Coop?
1: Nash is like in his forties. Cooper's like in his thirties, and the two little girls, uh, Willow's in her thirties, Libby's in her twenties. Nice.
0: We love love Run Club. So today we wanted to talk uh, about a lot of inquiries that we've been getting. We, uh, as as you know, we recently returned from Columbia. It's been about three weeks now, and we have been posting about the children that we uh, went and met. We actually went through and archived every. A child, and documented every child that we uh, visited with. And it was actually more than I had guessed. We visited 41 children. We got video on 41 children. Nice. And so we've been distributing that content. And as we distribute that content, there's a lot of questions that are coming in from families that feel something in their heart as they look at possibly adopting a child. So today we wanted to talk a little bit about that. It's common. There's, in fact, a number of things that are very common that come up when somebody says, you know what, I want to adopt, I want to pursue this, but...
1: There's always the but. Yep, and so
0: (laughs) it's the but that we want to talk about today. And uh, Andrea, you've been so awesome. You've uh, had multiple conversations with multiple families throughout these last few weeks, I've had a few messaging conversations with families. And so as you think back and you think of uh, us and you think of the inquiries that we've had in the last few weeks, what's the biggest question or what's the biggest fear, the biggest thing that's holding families back from fully committing to adopting? And and what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I think um, just as we've kind of gone through this process over the last few weeks as we've been home and we've had these questions coming in it's been fun to have a chance to talk about this it's been interesting to see how there are some families that have never heard of this and they see these things and it just brings up a bunch of questions they start having a lot of questions and then there are other families who have heard of it who've never thought seriously about it who see these things and they start to think seriously about it I, I would say that one of the questions, or one of the things that I have heard a lot recently is, um, you know, I I think that, you know, like, that's oh, amazing, it's awesome, the whole adoption thing is really cool, and it's neat to see these kids, and they look like great kids, and I want them to have a home, but we, and there's always like, you know, like, we, but we might not be able to afford it, or but we're so busy with our kids, or, you know, there's like a whole host of of excuses that could be there. Um, and then there's kind of the other side of the coin as well, where there's people that are like, I have felt like we, this is something we need to do. And so now what do I do? Because like, I know we need to do something. And so there's all kinds of interest there, but I feel like one thing that really holds people back, I guess you could ask what was the thing that the most holds people back. And I think it's just fear, just fear of the unknown and fear of changing your life as you know it
0: so fair fear of what what are those things that they're most fearful of
1: just you know like anytime you bring in a, a new member into your family it changes the family dynamics and um, you know for mothers and fathers in a home it changes their responsibility and their workload and I think that people um, are especially afraid of adopting a child with special needs because they don't know what it will be like to have a child with special needs in most cases unless they already have one. But even then, you know, it's like, we're already dealing with one. How would we deal with another one? And so I think there's a lot of fear of that in particular, just because of the children that we're advocating for, you know, where they do have special needs.
0: So what would you say to that?
1: So, um, well, what I have been saying is, you know, I just like to try and hear the people, hear them out and hear what their experiences and what feelings that they have felt. And then, um, I'd like to try and encourage them to, you know, focus on like the positive and the good feelings that you felt like if you have felt like called to do this or felt like, you know, just that stirring in your heart that like, Hey, I could do this. Like, this is something that I could do. Like I could provide a family for one of these children, then I definitely Um, encourage people to look into that to ponder that to think about that to think about you know how great their future could be and and one thing that i like to bring up with them is to think about how you know this will affect you as a person it's not going to be easy i always tell people that because truthfully it's not easy but the rewards of it are so great you know like you learn so much and your family learns so much your children learn so much and they see you interacting with this child and they have their own interaction with this child and so there's just so much growth and so much positivity that can come from it even though there are challenges that do arise with it
0: so some of the questions specifically that we receive Um, One would be around the the child's background. And so a lot of times somebody will see a picture, a video of a child. This child will be beautiful. They're so excited to potentially adopt this child. And then they begin down this process and this road. And the fear, as you had said, starts to creep in as they say, I wonder if if this child was abused. I wonder what the background was of this child. And I wonder if this child comes with any particular issues. And as indivi- in particular, as individuals get further down the road, they actually gain access to the child's file and they begin to learn about some of the challenges that this child may or may not have. So what would you counsel and what would you say in that circumstance when somebody just fell in love with this video and this picture of this child and it felt so great and then they realize that this child's not perfect?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a a real thing that definitely happens. And I just, again, would, you know, like we all have to be wise stewards of the decisions that we make. And so I just would counsel people to take the time to sort those feelings out and to be able to see like, what is just fear and how you can use, you know, your faith or your positive mental attitude or whatever you want to call it to overcome those things and to, um, be able to, you know, not get lost in the dark or negative spaces that can come with that fear. Um, I think that with with medical needs, like that's a, a legitimate concern and that's something that definitely needs to be considered and looked into. And But I, I feel like, you know, there are just like ways that we work through these things, like with the children that we already do have, right? Adopted or not adopted, like there's just when you're parenting, like there's gonna be circumstances that come up, things that happen And, you know, just like with your biological children, like you don't know, you know, like if they're going to have asthma or if they're going to have some severe medical condition, but you kind of just have to learn to like take baby steps, right? And kind of work through those things as they come up. And I would say that, you know, it's really no different with children that you're adopting. Um, You know, you can read their files and you can see what things have been reported and what they've been through, but you don't actually really know, you know, because not everything is included in those files. And sometimes I... I feel like the files tend to be on the, a little bit on the negative side, right? Because these are things that are being reported because they're a concern or reported because, you know, like they need to go to the doctor they need to go to the hospital or they need help with something, right? And I feel like they don't make a file for these adopted children of like, oh, they're so good at this. They're so amazing at this. They do all these things, right? So you kind of do get a little, a little sliver of like the precautions and like the, things that like, oh, this could be a problem, which I think tends to scare people away a little bit. But I, you know, just tell them like, you know, like that's a sliver of what you're seeing of of that child's life. And you can't really base your whole decision off of that little, that little sliver.
0: Yeah. And that was, as we were visiting these, these children, we had a clinical psychologist with us and she was there to evaluate. And That was a a big thing that they do regularly, uh, fairly regularly, I I don't know how often, but fairly regularly that a clinical psychologist will come and they're gonna ask questions to the parents, the foster parents or the people that work with them. And they're specifically asking like, what are some things that come up or what are you seeing as potential behavioral problems or health challenges or things that you may see? And so I, I thought that's unique because If we had that same person come to our house, we have seven children and we went one by one and they asked us these questions of, all right, with this child, what are some behavioral issues that you see? Or do you see any potential medical challenges or any cognitive issues? And Immediately, I can list out for every one of us, every one of our children, even our, ourselves. There's things that we're going to list on that, and so um, they're looking for that, and that's in, in essence what's in the file. And so I think you make a great point there that right. they're not asking about the how they how they um, were able to help you you know pick up after uh, dinner and how they were able to do their homework so well and how kind they are to their to their friends and to their siblings so
1: mm-hmm. and and you know the reason why they do these the have these psychologists come in and evaluate and do these things are because adoption agencies like they want you to take that into consideration they want you to know the hard things and the things that could be potential negatives because they don't want felt adoptions they don't want people coming into this thinking like oh this is going to be easy like this is a perfect child and this is going to be great and they're just going to be so good you know like they want they want families to be aware of potential issues but but all I'm saying is just like you know you can't you can't be too terrified or scared of those because it's not like the whole picture, right? It's just like the, the cautions.
0: So here's a question, um, that I would put out there. And this is a very common one that oftentimes one spouse wants to adopt. They're in, they're all in, they're ready to go. And then the other spouse has some reservations or some pause, or maybe are isn't quite sure. Or maybe they're just adamantly a solid no. So what counsel would you have, excuse me, for uh, individuals in those circumstances?
1: Yeah, I feel like um, that is a really, a really good one and a really common one. And I feel like with adoption, it definitely is something that both, both partners need to be, you know, relatively on the same page, which means that you are willing to support each other and help each other in this. And it doesn't necessarily mean you have to feel the exact same about it or, you know, have the same experiences because I know like some some uh, couples will have one of one of the couple that say, you know, like, I know, like, I'm just so drawn, like, I know this is something we need to do. I've had these experiences. I've had these things that couldn't be coincidences happen to me where, you know, that point me toward this child or being able to do this. And the other spouse doesn't have that. And I would say, that's okay. You know, it's, it's fine to be, um, have different experiences and different feelings toward it. But ultimately, in the end, you know, you need to as a couple, be able to just communicate openly and honestly and be able to tell each other how you really do feel and just be able to support each other with that. Um, Just, you know, just so that resentment doesn't come up and you both are going to have to be willing to work as as challenges come with adoption. And as your child is adjusting to your family, you know, there will be times that even the the parent that was all gung-ho and excited will struggle. And so it's, you know, it's important to just know that you have an open line of communication with your spouse and that you're, you know, you can, um, support each other and that. And, and I would say like, until you kind of have that, it probably isn't good to proceed because, you know, it's stressful adding another person to your family. And if you, you don't want that to cause undue stress on a marriage if there, if there's, if that, if there's too much stress already there.
0: Yeah. It reminds me a lot of For a number of years, you had been asking if we could pursue foster care, and I had some reservations about that. And it got to a place where, as we talked about that, and as as you continued to ponder that, it became very, very clear that that was something you wanted to do. You felt like that was something that you wanted to do or that was the right thing for our family to do. And in that moment, I knew I had a responsibility to find out for for my own self if this was something for me that we were supposed to do as a family. And I think it's common, whether that's a husband or a spouse, to maybe see a spouse that feels strongly and says, I know this is what we're supposed to do. And they just want to procrastinate that as long as they can, of finding out really if that is something they should do, meaning do their own due diligence to figure it out for themselves. And so that would be my counsel is if your spouse feels strongly and in essence, is is saying to you, this I know this is something that we want to that I want to do, and I want to know how you feel about that. That that's an invitation that um, husbands or wives I would uh, encourage you to take very seriously, because your spouse feels so strongly about this for a reason, and you owe that to them to be able to find out if this is something that you feel like you that you should pursue as well. And the the maybe answer, or hey, let's just see if a lightning bolt hits me. And otherwise I'll just kind of keep going about my day is probably not a good approach. And that, that will create some challenges that way.
1: Yep, it's a tricky tricky thing to navigate, but like it definitely can be done successfully. And just the more open and honest you can be with each other, I think the better, right? Because you can have conversations, have hard conversations, and you need to know that you can do that.
0: Yep, so another big one that comes up, and this is this is a big one, so on average, international adoption costs between thirty-five dollars and $40,000, which is a ton of money. And so uh, this creates tremendous pause and a lot of questions and concern and doubt and a big reason why individuals maybe feel like they should adopt. And then as they get learning and they find out that this is the cost, that they say, there's no way we're going to be able to do that. So what, what counsel would you have for those individuals?
1: You know, as far as um, just the initial adoption cost. I feel like I always tell them, you know, like if you, if you feel like adoption is something that you should do, like the money thing seems to be able to kind of work itself out in a way. I mean, there's effort that needs to be put forward, but I never want that to be a reason why people are held back. And, you know, there's so many grants that are available. Um, you know, we know up a lot and we do, you know, fundraising for these children and, and do grants for them. And so there's definitely ways that funds can be found and earned and, you know, and it's good for the families to put forth effort as well into finding out how they can fundraise and do things. Just because I think that, you know, anything you work for, you appreciate more, and so it's it's good to have effort on both ends. But I know some people also worry about the the cost of just adding another person to their family, and um, so you know those things like they do have to be considered.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I I've always been a big advocate of allowing individuals to exercise their faith and be able to go forward with faith, not knowing the end from the beginning, but just knowing and grasping, taking courage on the fact that they know this is their child. They know this they're supposed to pursue this child and going forward in faith, not knowing how they're going to be able to get that money. I love seeing people take that walk of faith because I know in every circumstance in the last 10 years, I have never seen somebody that goes forward with with faith that is one hundred percent committed to see it through. That doesn't find a way to be able to get that financial means, and I, I I've seen it time and like dozens and dozens and dozens of times. And so um, some of the conversations that I've had, I remember one. This was a number of years ago that I had a, a family reach out and they were asking about a child and they asked about the cost and they and they said like that that is just so much money. And as we've talked about this. Like, are, are you guys suggesting like, like we cancel our family vacation and like we like don't do Christmas and like, is that what you're suggesting we do? And the answer is, if that's what it takes, absolutely. If truly you believe this is your child or that you're going to go and adopt a child, to what measure would you be willing to sacrifice? And what would you be willing to sacrifice for one of your children that are here in your home right now? And so what would the difference be on that? And I think that really takes us back to really the core. And this is something that, that honestly I wish I had brought up at the very beginning of this podcast and the counsel that I would share in that all of these concerns that we have and these things that we've brought up, these are very valid concerns and things that should be taken very seriously, things that should be considered, that you should be prayerful about, you should be very mindful about how you approach these. But these are all secondary to one thing. And that is, what are you supposed to do? So what is it in your heart that is counseling you, that is encouraging you, that is calling you? What is it that's calling you? And what are you being called to do? And so in the very beginning, all of these other things, don't worry about those right now. What I would encourage individuals to do is if you see an Instagram post, you see a picture, and you feel in your heart that there's something there that maybe you should consider adoption, I would encourage you to nurture and grow that seed in your heart and see what type of fruit that bears. Go and find out if this is what you are supposed to do. And everybody has their own way of being able to find out what they are supposed to do. And what I find is individuals when they take the time to find a very quiet place and a very reflective place, they ponder that, they meditate about that, If you have a religious faith or a belief in a higher power, I would call to that higher power and ask them, what do you want me to do? And then ultimately, when you know what you're supposed to do, take courage. Let God prevail. And if you do that, all of the other stuff will work itself out. You will find the money, the miracle will happen, all of those potential challenges from a health standpoint, background standpoint, special needs. We're gonna have to get a 12 passenger van. What are we gonna do in this? It will all work itself out. Have faith and grasp onto that knowledge, that, that, that understanding that you had from the very beginning that this is what you're supposed to do. And that's, a, that's easier said than done, I get it. And uh, we've been there a few times. And uh, one of the things that uh, we have afforded to us is we're on the other side of this in a couple of circumstances. We've adopted three children. And without fail, there was, and if you remember, there were times when we asked, we felt maybe this is something we should do. And we asked, and we knew that the timing wasn't right. And maybe we can do another podcast on that. But there were times when we felt like there was something there. We pursued that, and we found out that yes this is what we we're supposed to do. And it was a big leap of faith and a deep breath, but now being on the other side of that, I cannot put into words what this has done for me as a person, for me as a dad, for me as a husband, for me as just a, a human being, I cannot put into words what it has done for me as an individual to adopt Cooper, to adopt Libby, to adopt Willow. And then I look at the impact that it's having on our children. And I can only imagine the impact and the the great things that are gonna transpire as it results when grandkids start showing up and they get to have an uncle Cooper who was adopted from China that has Down syndrome. I love to think about the generational impact that this will have on our posterity for generations to come as a result of taking courage when it was super, super scary, because believe me, it was so scary, like sleepless nights scary. But those are a few thoughts that I have. What do you think about that, hun?
1: Yeah, I think that that, that is true. Um... That it's a lot easier said than done to be able to, <laughs> to to take courage. But the good thing is, is that you never have to go at it alone, right? Like you can yeah. always reach out to people. And that's something that has been so powerful in our journey is like, I know for myself personally, I'll get overwhelmed with things. And when I do that, I'm always amazed at how, um, people show up in my life that I need. And this, whether it be like a teacher that I need help or a counselor that has some insight that is so valuable to me. And I'm just amazed at how everything kind of comes together as it should. And it's not to say that there won't be hard things or bumps in the road because there will be, because that's life, whether you adopt or not, right, that happens. But, but it is amazing to see how in these circumstances in particular with our adoptions, how things have just, worked out, you know, like how, um, we've just, we've found the resources we've needed, the financial resources, the spiritual resources, the physical resources, just all, all of the things that we have needed have come to pass. And I don't think it's coincidental. I think it is just miraculous. And I think it, I think that, you know, we're not unique in that it has happened to us, but I have seen it happen to other adoptive families. And like, I have the confidence that it will happen to future adoptive families, which is why, you know, like I can tell these families, like, pursue it, pursue it, and be persuasive with that is because, um, like, I truly believe that in the end, we all are better off because of, of these families adopting and of these children being adopted into our homes.
0: Yeah, I, I strongly believe that this focus on adoption, and in particular, the adoption of individuals entrusted with special abilities what the world would call a disability is not actually the case, but what the what we would deem as a special ability is I see the adoption of these individuals coming into society and letting their light shine. I just envision a gathering that is transpiring right before our eyes. And there's a hastening that's transpiring right before our eyes to gather these individuals because there's an amazing work that is happening. And it's so fun to get to be a part of that. And I would submit that those of you that are listening that feel something in your heart as you ponder this, as you see pictures, as you think about this in your quiet moments and you eliminate that fear, you will feel that. You'll feel that in your heart. You'll feel that gathering and that desire to gather and that desire to hasten this work forward to be able to get these kids home. And it's a special part or it's a special uh, uh, army, if you may, to be a part of, a special uh, battalion to be a part of to get these kids home.
1: Yeah, and just one other thought that I had here is just like the ripple effect. Um, just seeing the the ripple effect from the adoption of Cooper in particular, you know, bringing him into our home and the ripple effect that he has had, not just on us personally, for sure on us as, a, as personally and as a family, but in our community is amazing. And I'm always amazed by, it. I'm amazed by it, the friends that he makes and the people that are just attracted to him and the people that I get to become friends with because they saw Cooper and they wanted to talk about Cooper and they wanted to become a friend with Cooper. And it's really neat to see that happen and to see, you know, the influence that this little 10 year old boy who doesn't speak very clearly and people can't even like really understand him, but they're so drawn to him. And it, it's just such a unique dynamic and a unique thing to see that. And with our, our girls as well, like, I can't wait to see the influence they have as they grow because they are amazing and they have talents and abilities that I'm so excited to see them use.
0: Yeah. Just tonight we were, doing the final paperwork for our adoption of Will and livy that's going to happen on August 9th. We're so excited for that. Three years. You believe it? It's been three years since they've been with us in a foster type of setting. And it was actually an opportunity for us to review um, the case notes and um, just the circumstances around the day that they um, were removed from their, their current caretaker and, and brought to us. And it is heartbreaking. My heart goes out to their family. I love their family. I care for their family. I want the best for their family, for their mom, for their dad, for their grandpa. It is so heartbreaking to learn just of those circumstances. And at the same time, I am so thankful that they get to be here with us. And it is so amazing to think of the great things that have happened just since in the last three years since they've been with us, how they've grown, how they've just been such a blessing to us and how I believe we've been a blessing to them. And it all stemmed back to Andrea saying, I think we should do foster care. And uh, me saying, I think that's crazy. And her being persistent with that, and then me finally uh, being humble enough and willing to find out for myself if that's what we're supposed to do. And I, I did the work, I did the due diligence, I found out that's what we are supposed to do. And then guess what? It got harder. <laughs> and everything out of left field and right field came at us, because that's what happens when you're on a path to try and do something that is going to literally bless or even potentially save a life that that's a good thing. And there's going to be, there's going to be opposition that will come against you. Lots of things that will come against you. And, uh, you got to battle through that, hold tight to, uh, to that belief and that core or that answer that, you know, and just push through it, battle through it. And in the end, the other side looks so amazing.
1: Yeah. And it's a journey that doesn't stop. So I'm sure we'll continue to have these, you know, like you continue to have these things where you have challenges and sometimes you do think, Oh, did we, did we do the right thing? You know, but then you do have like these amazing moments where you're like, this is so good. I'm so glad that we did this. And it's awesome to, to be able to experience those and to have like both the good and the bad experiences because they, they, um, kind of help clarify when you're, when you have the contrast.
0: Yep. Like one of the greatest philosophers of all time, Rocky Balboa says, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Life's going to hit hard. It's not how hard you can hit. It's how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, right?
1: Yep. Get back up again, right?
0: (laughs) I butchered it, but it's pretty close. Yeah. Close enough. (laughs) Very good. Well, any final thoughts, any parting thoughts?
1: No, I, I think that's it. But, um, just, I guess imparting, you know, if you have questions or want to talk about it, I would love to talk with you about it. I'm happy to, um, you know, you can message me or call me and I would love to talk to you about it because I feel like, you know, it, it's helpful to have a listening ear and it's helpful to just be able to start to like voice your concerns. Cause sometimes you don't even know until you start to try and work through those and be able to talk about them. And, and it's a great thing to, it's a great, great cause to be able to articulate.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And something that I would say that we're in the process of implementing right now with Rod's Heroes is as these inquiries continue to come in, we have a hard time keeping up with the inquiries that are coming in and making sure everybody's getting the right attention that they need. And so we're in the process of gathering uh, volunteers of mothers, and fathers who have adopted, who have answered the call to adopt a child with Down syndrome or other special needs, or just adoption in general, who would be willing to visit with potential families that are inquiring. And so we're in the process of creating, I would say, an army of individuals who are willing to Uh, share their experiences with people who are inquiring and thinking about this just as an advocate and as a friend, because that's something that I think everybody needs when they get to that place where they're like, I'm really thinking about doing this. One thing they need is a friend who's been there and who can help them and coach them through that whole process.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's always, always helpful to have a support system and someone that you can call and say, Hey, you know, what about this? What about this? And they've been through those experiences and can relate to how you feel. And that's very helpful
0: awesome okay until next time
1: all right we'll see you later thanks for joining
0: said let me tell you right now
1: that's something to be proud of